Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening in the sky above us for the week ahead. Now, it's a quiet week. I was like, oh, wow, it's a good thing I don't have to come on daily and try to tell you what's going on because this is a fairly quiet week. I mean, why not? We had the full moon on Saturday, which, by the way, I'm sure was awesome looking, but because of wildfires and just the way the wind patterns went, we couldn't see much of the moon. All we saw was this red thing, which very much looked like the the sun because they looked the same, right? Hot and red, cool and red. That was the because of fires that are happening east of the mountains and uh, the winds just blowing that smoke in here today. Today, it's more of the usual foggy clouds, so it feels much more normal. But I woke up yesterday morning with the most acrid feeling of, you know, smoke. It's like being in a campfire, you know, and you can't wait to get home and wash the campfire smell off yourself. That's how I woke up yesterday morning because of the uh, power of this, you know, weather pattern that was keeping all of the smoke right down to the, the level of breathing. So it was a tough weekend that way. We couldn't do some of the things that we wanted to do. You could just feel your lungs burning. So I'm really happy that that has shifted today. And I'm hoping that some of the rain that I saw east of the mountains today might put out some of those fires or at least, you know, wet it down some. So I see people popping in already. Let's say good morning to Erica and Tom Corn Moon. Uh, good morning, Kajella and Christine Buckingham. It's great to see you guys out there early this morning. Feels kind of like a lazy day, doesn't it? Slow getting off the ground this morning, uh, even though I was, you know, wide awake at 522. Thank you to Binksy, who wants to go out at that time and is trying to wake me up. Uh, so I let her out, went back to bed. But by then, my mind is already triggered and I'm thinking all about the things that I want to talk about. And yeah, so going to sleep, not an option. Uh, so today I gives me that when we don't have a lot of transits going on or a lot of big news kinds of things going on in the stars, it gives me an opportunity to talk to you about other things. So then the morning broadcast becomes more of about, about a, a teaching lesson uh, or something that you can learn about yourself. Now, this morning, I would normally say to you, grab your astrology chart or grab your human design chart. You can grab your human design chart for certain, but I'm hoping that if you are someone out there who has your hologenetic profile from your gene keys, and if you have no clue what I'm talking about, we are going to talk about that. Um, get that profile so that you have that in front of you. And then stay tuned because I'm also going to tell you about how to get your own copy of your hologenetic profile. And then we can have a conversation about how the incarnation crosses in your human design or astro design meet up with the hologenetic profile in the gene keys. Okay, so that is something we're going to talk about in a little bit. Uh, first off, though, let's talk about where the moon is. Over the weekend, of course, she was in Pisces. We had the Pisces full moon, which I didn't, I had weird dreams like um, that. I think it would have been Friday night into Saturday. And then Saturday night, I did as well, but I don't remember it. And uh, that, so details in some cases, like of things like, why am I dreaming about this? And then I thought, well, oh, I don't, I do remember a dream I had last night where I was on the floor playing with Wyatt, my youngest grandson, with a little car that um, was like a radio um, control car. But usually those are bigger cars, but these were little teeny ones and we were racing them around. So that was my dream last night. But the other dreams were almost like I was somewhere else. So tell me if you guys were having uh, dreams like that or interesting dreams during uh, the full moon. Not that I got any messages from them, I think, that were of utmost importance. But I can tell you that I got to spend some time Saturday afternoon, since I couldn't go bike riding with the, the smoke in the air and... Uh, I was sitting here going, okay, well, what am I going to do? So I did some work on the manifesting blueprint, which I am 
this close to finishing so that I can bring that out to you all and share with you about your own divine manifesting blueprint. So I'm almost done with that. So that's coming up very soon here. And I have a couple of you out there who are my test subjects for that. So if you are one of them, I will be contacting you shortly to do yours. Uh, but today, literally, really all we have to talk about is the moon in Aries. And that's uh, that happened yesterday. And uh, you could almost feel the difference. I mean, the air started changing for sure around here late yesterday afternoon. The moon, I think it moved in though in the morning. Uh, actually, it was there all day. It actually changed on Saturday, very late, 11.48 p.m. for me. So early uh, uh, Sunday morning for those of you on the East Coast and further east. And you could tell the difference, right? That, that full moon in Pisces bringing something to a close or triggering some creative energy, something changing, right? And, or something being revealed. That's the other thing that happens with the full moon. So if something like that happened for you, you know, let me know. But also when the moon shifts out of Pisces and into Aries, it begins an entirely new cycle of the moon through the Zodiac as Aries is the first sign of the Zodiac. So even though it was a full moon and we, it's also Mercury retrograde, uh, there's also four or five other planets retrograde at the same time. So although it's not necessarily a time for a new beginning, it might be in your own life. So I can certainly feel it in mine where things that you have begun already are starting to come into fruition or are on the table getting ready to be completed in some way. So that can be happening for everybody. But when we move the moon into Aries, we also have a sort of beginning of sorts. So it might be the beginning of the end of something. It could be the beginning of a, a new pathway that you're leading down, but not the beginning necessarily of some whole new project or some whole new way of being. It could be something very small that goes along with something else that you've already begun, right? Because with Mercury retrograde, all the other planets that are Mercury or that are in retrograde, plus the ending of a moon cycle, it's not necessarily a great time to start something new. But if you're making pathways or inroads on something that you've already done or that's already been in process, that is a great use of this moon energy. Now the moon is later in Aries today. This morning when I pulled up the chart, it was uh, the moon was at 18 degrees of Aries in an exact semi-sextile to the planet Uranus in Taurus. So I thought that was interesting because why would I look at it at that instant, right? But I did. And you know, a semi-sextile, we talked a lot about that a few months ago because all of the outer planets and somewhat still this is in action they are in a semi-sextile relationship to one another so what did that mean if you'll remember it was about our need to find paths of cooperation how could we work together then working at cross purposes and you almost get the feeling that uh what is that saying strangers make right something makes strange bedfellows um Dang it, I forgot that saying. Tom or somebody out there, you'll remember. And so we we feel this time where um, it's the unusual that we might incorporate into what we're doing that leads us forward rather than, than you know, sort of staying with the old tried and true. We have this opportunity to go with the new. So the moon being in the semi-sextile with Uranus, could signal a time for us to get back to basics in some way, right? Taurus likes the simple life, right? Taurus wants to be able to get into the basics of what makes life joyful or what makes life sensual, what makes life fun, perhaps even. Um, what, what are the simple pleasures? So maybe if you're looking at a project or you're doing something um, uh, of note, in your life right now, you might want to think about, well, what can I go back to that's simple? Well, how can I simplify this, right? What are the simple pleasures in doing what I'm doing? So the moon in Aries, now she's already moved probably to the 19 or 20 degree mark, but early she set the tone for 
what new things might we try or what things might we do differently, right? Uranus is a liberator and in Taurus, he's liberating us to become more simplified. So what can we do that would bring us that simple life or that more simplified uh, expression of life? Now, remember, Aries is a sign that is ruled by Mars. So we have Mars and Gemini right now. That brings a lot of thinking, a lot of communication, a lot of thought processes to the table. So that might mean that we're going the path of reimagination, uh, reinvention, uh, reevaluating. Um, all of the imagination energy was triggered over the weekend with the full moon. Now, taking that imagination taking that that dream and bringing it into the actionable states, right? We have to bring it into action. Nothing is ever created purely from our imagination. It's where it starts for sure. But we, you know, we didn't fly to the moon because we just kept thinking about what would it be like to fly to the moon? We actually put something together, rockets, you know, astronauts, put them in the air, you know, they orbited the earth a few times and then we got them to the moon, presumably, right? So we had steps that we took to get to where we wanted to go. So Aries brings the fire to the steps. It brings the initiation or the initiative to the, the imagination. So we're going from imagination to initiative. And then as the moon tomorrow moves into Taurus, we might be bringing that actually into practical reality. That's the key, right? Every action we take about a dream that we have or an imagination that we are or something in our imaginal mind, we are bringing into reality. So with Aries, it's that initiation, like get out there, do something, right? Take a step. Any step might be better than no steps, but take a step forward. So the Aries energy is bold and it is provoked to movement right? So provoke to movement. Now, while the ruler of Aries, Mars, is in Gemini, that might mean we're provoked to do a lot more thinking about what we want to do. But please, please, please remember that if you're trying to create something, a new relationship, a new job, a new financial freedom, a, uh, a new state of health, a new whatever, right? You fill in the blank that it actually has to take, you actually have to take steps, right? You can't just sit back and just watch it happen. That just doesn't really happen in our reality. We actually, it's 3D, right? We have to take the physical steps to move forward. So there's that. Erica, 10,000% crazy dreams from the full moon. Totally with you, sister, on that one. Uh, Tom, Politics doesn't make strange bedfellows, marriage does. <laughs> the proper quote, adversity, misery, politics makes strange bedfellows. The first two here are attributed to Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Ah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Thank you, Tom. I knew I could count on you. Gayla Seeger, good morning. Kathleen, good morning. Corey, good morning. Corey, I'm waiting to hear if you have the next book ready for um, your series, your children's books. Let us know. Pam Zaruba, willing to be a test subject for any modality you wish to experiment on. Thank you very much, Pam. Asa, oh my gosh, it's great to see you. Joshua Nichols, good morning. Full moon releasing dreams, indeed. Uh, Christine, super weird dreams for days too. I love it. JLo, good morning to you. Um, awesome Tanya, good morning. So it's great to see all of you here. And it's great to know that I am not the only one out there having crazy dreams, doing weird things in my sleep, you know, or in my crossing over time in the in the night <laughs> you know we we cross different dimensions at night in our sleep I don't know if you guys knew that I I guess I think I sort of knew that but wasn't until I really started studying soul realignment that I realized oh yeah there is an actual crossing over if you will not crossing over as in dying and going to the other side but we do cross through dimensions and dimensional gateways in our sleep and in fact, when we don't cross through those dimensional gateways appropriately, that's where we have problems in our sleep. So having a healthy dream life is indic indicative of healthy dream states or healthy crossing over of these gateways. We cross between the third and the fourth dimension. So we're crossing not only gateways, 
uh, but we're crossing dimensions as well. So our, our soul moving through the third and the fourth dimension, taking our physical 3D experiences and you know the thought processes around that and working with what does all that mean in our lives and then crossing later in our dream state or in our sleep state from the fourth dimension into the fifth. So no need to ascend, you already cross into 5D often and that is especially appropriate in the nighttime as that is where we actually get to have direct connection to our higher self and the higher self then being able to guide us through the next steps of whatever's happening in our lives. If we don't cross over appropriately through those dimensional portals, then we end up often with insomnia or restless sleep or waking up feeling tired. And over the course of time, then that has its effects in your physical well-being, right? And in your mental well-being. So it is really important that we do make that transition every night between those states of consciousness. So good morning, Irene from Sweden. It's good to see you. Amanda J joining us from, I believe it's England. Sylvester, hello to you. Sending love and healing vibes to everybody. I love it. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> Tom, Shakey's Pizza Parlor. God, I miss Shakey's. I loved that pizza parlor. Probably because when I was in high school and I was a cheerleader, after the football games, that is where we all went. So the entire high school would descend upon Shakey's Pizza Parlor for pizza. We couldn't have beer. We were too young. But pizza and JoJo's and, you know, potato wedges, they were so good. Mm, mm -mm. So good memories. All right. Any questions about the moon? Any questions about things you experienced? Go ahead and type those down in the uh, comments. Good morning, Catherine Worcester. It's good to see you too. Uh, now, I want to talk about the gene keys. I want to save us some time to really uh, go through this. So let's go backwards first. Last week when we were talking about the incarnation cross. So I want you to think incarnation cross activation sequence in the gene keys are the same thing, but seen or viewed differently. Okay. So your incarnation cross is the combination of your soul purpose, sun and earth and your life purpose, sun and earth in human design vernacular. That is going to be the sun and earth from the black column labeled personality and the sun and earth from the red column labeled design. So we have four gates four gates, right? Sun, earth, sun, earth that make up your incarnation cross, which is literally about 70% of who you are and who you are here to be. Now in the gene keys, and I'm going to show you what these things look like again. So you have the visual in the gene keys, the incarnation cross becomes the activation sequence that it's just a change in terms, but essentially it is the same thing. It is the conscious line, sun and earth and the unconscious or red or life purpose, sun and earth. Okay. So the four, four gene keys are the same as the four human design gates. So there's a synergy here between the two systems, albeit they look at things differently. Okay. So um, let me show you quickly. Uh, let's see if I can do this. I'm going to share my screen and share. There we go. And it's in a window. It is. All right. So here is a human design chart. It happens to be my own chart. And what we have in the, in, so if you're looking at your own chart, your incarnation cross is made up of the personality or also known as soul purpose, sun and earth, as well as the design or life purpose, sun and earth. So this little cross-hatched symbol in human design is the representation of earth, where in astrology, this symbol represents the part of fortune, something completely different. So don't get them confused. The symbol in, in human, I mean, excuse me, in astrology, we don't really say earth. We don't really look at the earth, but we know that the earth is involved because we're sitting on the earth, right? So earth centric, the um, uh, tropical astrology that we use is geocentric or earth centric. So feet are on the earth. So if the sun 
for me, and it's in Gemini, then the earth where my feet are on the ground is in Sagittarius. So if you are a Scorpio, for example, then your earth sign is Taurus because that is the opposite sign. Okay. So that makes sense, right? So when we are looking at our human design charts uh, or your astro design chart, whichever one you're looking at, you can see that you have the sun and earth, and then you have the sun and earth. And then by meaning the incarnation cross shows you sort of the, your beingness, who are you here to be? Even though we think of life purpose and soul purpose as what are we here to do, right? The doing comes second to who you be, right? That, so we got to get that straight, right? We are human beings. So these things represent who you are here to be, but then how you do go about the process of being is characterized by these particular gates. So I hope that makes sense. If you have questions about that, certainly let me know. And just for those of you who might be new to human design, these little numbers here that are the uh, sort of exponent looking numbers, those come from the I Ching. The I Ching function here is to kind of dial in uh, more closely what it is that your um, gate, so gate 12 for me is in the sixth line. So we say, so which would be different than having gate 12 in the first line, right? That would be someone who is an investigator. So they might be a researcher or investigator and bring what they learn. And maybe they do YouTube videos about um, uh, how to do something or how to make something, right? Instead, mine is in the sixth line, which modifies the 12 by being a role model. So what I'm actually always doing is bringing you stories from my own life or examples um, that are designed to help you understand how to be your best self, right, as a, a role model. And you'll notice that these numbers are making up the profile, the profile, I'm a 6-2 role model hermit. And the two is coming from the sun and earth on the other side in the line two, which is a hermit line. So it's kind of funny because as I'm finishing up the manifesting blueprint, I real, I'm realizing that I am really here on this planet as a, a, a true representation of duality. I mean, seriously, my whole manifesting blueprint is about being out in the world with people, external, right? But here I am with this hermit, and I'm very comfortable here as a hermit. Unfortunately for me, I can't manifest appropriately unless I'm around people. So it's kind of this quandary that I found myself in this weekend as I was looking at that. Uh, anyway, so now let's take a look at any questions about the human design uh, incarnation crosses. Um, Erica says, I have no idea what's being talked about. Hmm. Oh, Sylvester. Okay. I, my incarnation cross is the right angle cross of the Sphinx. Right. And if you have your own human design chart down at the bottom, if you've printed it, you will see under the profile a name like mine is the left angle cross of education. And then sometimes there's a parentheses and a number because there are, I believe, four instances of the, the crosses of the Sphinx, two of them a right angle, two of them left angle. I think there are the same for the incarnation cross of education. So uh, those, those are just telling you the name of the cross. Unfortunately, very much like the names of the profile, right? A role model hermit, a martyr heretic. It doesn't really tell you much about what it means. So looking at the, the what did you say? The right angle cross of the Sphinx doesn't really tell you much about who you are, does it, Sylvester? <laughs> right? You might think, oh, yeah, I'm the Sphinx, right? But what does that mean? What is the Sphinx? It's a mysterious, mystical, magical, historical thing that we really don't know much about. How does that help you, right? So we have to find another way to really break it down. Thus, the reason that we are going through this exercise of looking at how you can deconstruct your own incarnation cross and or activation sequence. Does that help you, Erica? And... Uh, when is Neptune leaving Pisces? Not until 2024, I believe it is, Gala. So might even be 2025. 
So a long time from now, <laughs> it's low, it's very slow moving and uh, it spends 165 years going all the way around the Zodiac. So you can imagine how long that means. It's kind of like Pluto that way, Pluto 248 years to go all the way around the Zodiac. So it'll be a while. Joshua says, my numbers seem opposite to yours. Am I supposed to isolate? No, hermit isn't the same as isolate, but it is, it is an interesting profile number because it does do well in isolation, right? I love, I, I live on an island. I, it, to get to town for me is like a 14, 15 mile drive. It's not close, right? If I forget something at the grocery store, unless I'm real still, still close to town, I'm not turning around and going back. Um, <laughs> instead, I call my husband and go, would you pick up tomatoes on your way home? Um, and I, I work alone, right? I'm a solopreneur and I don't see clients face to face here in person because I, I, I deal with clients from all around the world. So I'm usually in Zoom and I love it that way. So it's really very much a conundrum for me when I get my divine blueprint, my manifesting blueprint, and it's telling me that if I want to make big changes in my life, that I need to get out and around people, not virtually, really. Ugh. So now what do I need to do, right? What do I need to do? I need to get out in the world somehow. So I haven't figured that part out yet, but I will. So yeah, Joshua, yours would be the hermit role, although there isn't a two six, I don't believe. So maybe look at that again. Maybe you, if what's the black column number and what are what's the red column um, number? Uh, Erica says, I need to be watching this on my computer so I can access my HD chart instead of using my phone. You know, better yet, Erica, get yourself a little notebook. Like I have this little notebook, right? It's just a one inch notebook or half inch. This is a half inch, right? It's little. And in it, I have all my cheat sheet notes, things that I look at, you know, like my gene keys and the human design. And uh, in it, this is a bunch of other information that I use for um, my work. Um, get a little notebook and put both your astrology chart, your natal chart, your human design chart. And now I'm going to tell you guys how to get your hologenetic profile from the gene keys. Print them put them in the notebook. Then when we're talking about things, you can just flip through. There's my human design chart, right? In fact, where's my human design chart? It's not even in here. Um, so that you have that at the ready, right? I have that right here in front of me at all times. So I can always just grab um, whatever it is that I need for my information. Okay. Any other questions. Catherine, you're also a 6-2 role model. The struggle is real. Joshua, also the same as me then, a 6-2, right? The 6-2 is the role model hermit. And uh, it is the hermit part that I enjoy. The role model part, though, can't be deployed if you're living in a vacuum. Therein lies the quandary for people that are 6-2s. The world or the universe will, will work to bring you back out into the world <laughs> because you can't be a role model in seclusion, right? So seclusion or hermitage or, uh, you know, that, that, that being isolated is meant to be something that refills your batteries, you know, recharges you. And then again, when the world calls you out, or calls you back in, uh, or a client calls you back in, or a group calls you back in, work calls you back in kind of thing, then you're, you have the energy and the stamina, the perseverance and endurance to be able to do what you need to do. And then you go back into your hermitage, your isolation, and you recharge. So that's how that works. Christine Buckingham, a 2-4. Now that's a true conundrum. That one is a true conundrum, meaning there are two totally, they're like going in opposite directions, right? The one direction is taking you into um, networks of people having to be, uh, you know, part of the world and to be activated in order to get opportunities in your life. You need to have networks, friend groups, work colleagues, um, family uh, social media, you have to have all of that because they're going to be the ones that supply you with the opportunities to grow and expand. On the other hand, the two, <laughs> the hermit wants to be alone, right? Loves that whole, I get to do what I want to do when I want to do it. No one here to tell me what to do. Uh, I'm my own mistress here and I can just relax, do whatever, right? Uh, 
but then while you're in relaxation mode or withdrawn or secluded, your, your phone is ringing and people are calling you, right? They're saying, hey, let's go out to lunch. Hey, let's go do this. And then while you're out in the world, you're going, oh, I can't wait to get back home and put my pajamas on and grab my good book. <laughs> That's the two four. So two different energies. So we have a lot of uh, six twos out there. Interesting, right? Two four, Hermit Optimist, Erica. Kathleen Mallory, also a 6'2", and Josh says, I am the opposite. Lots of people around finding peace is hard. Interesting, Joshua, but I would see how both would be a part of the same experience, right? It's that needing to find that middle ground, right? Finding the middle ground. Um, you know, there was a time in my life when I had four kids and they were all at home and each one of them bringing in their friends um, that I had a very busy life and finding that solitude was hard for me as well. So maybe it's just because of the differences in our age, where we are in our life path, that kind of thing. Sylvester's a four, six, Andy girl's a two, four. So we have a lot of people. I'm so glad that you guys know what your profiles are, because that's going to be helpful here as you begin to break into more bite-sized pieces, well, what does that profile mean against the backdrop of my, my hologenetic profile or my incarnation cross? Because it does play a role, right? It tells you more information about who you are. Kajela, a 1-3, also a bit of a conundrum there, Kajela, because the one is the investigator, the researcher, the analyzer, right? They want information before they make decisions. But the three is experiential and experimental. So you can't just have your nose in the book because then you're not playing to the experiential part of yourself. But you can't just have the experience and experiment without kind of doing some research or some information seeking first. So that's a bit of a quandary or uh uh, quandary. What's the other one? A uh, conundrum. There we go. Um, you're going to the doctor. Well, wishing you best of luck at the doctor, Sylvester. Tom says, my profile is like I used to drink booze. Two, four. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, my black numbers are also larger than my red opposite yours. Interesting. Okay. So I, I would, I think I still have your chart, Joshua. I could look that up. Um, now, this has been fascinating, but I want to get to what the real uh, purpose of my uh, show this morning was, and that is to talk to you about the hologenetic profile. So I'm going to, again, share my screen with you because I want to show you what a hologenetic profile looks like. So keeping in mind what your human design, what my human design looked like. Um, so is this a tab or a window? It's a window. There we go. So here is what a gene keys hologenetic profile looks like. So first of all, what does hologenetic mean, right? Because it, it it's a word, but words have meaning. So what is the meaning? So what we have in the meaning is sort of this idea of a dimensionality to the energies of our, what would be human design incarnation cross or our profile, the activation sequence of our Gene Keys profile. So the pro, the whole profile, doesn't this look beautiful? I mean, you just have this, you have this wonderful series or sequence of things, your human design kind of put into a sequence, if you will, with the outer green and green, red, green, blue um, bubbles here representing the activation sequence, i.e. your incarnation cross because if you'll remember mine was 12 11 25 and 46 so this was my black column um part of my incarnation cross the 12 and the 11 and the uh, red column or the life purpose part was 25 and 46 so it lines up differently so literally when we're looking at your hologenetic profile what we're looking at is a personalized map of your inner being because we have this outer sequence here called the activation sequence and it actually runs like this it goes from the 12 to the 11 crosses over to the 25 and then down to the 46 
And they're also listed as different names than they are in your incarnation cross, right? The incarnation cross is the personal sun or the conscious sun. Here, the sun is called the life's work. And then life's work leads to evolution, which would be the, the conscious earth in your chart or the black earth in your chart or the soul purpose earth in your chart. And then that leads over to the sun on the what would be the red column, the unconscious or the design uh, sun called radiance, right? Here's, doesn't that just evoke light, right? There's light here in this gene key. And then down to the bottom where we have purpose as your life purpose earth, right? Life purpose earth. So we see this sequence in a different way. It kind of goes like, this right like zorro right the mark of zorro and then within that sequence you have two more sequences the red bubbles here are part of what we call the venus sequence who you are supposed to be in relationships so a study of the um, venus sequence gives you you in relationships and then the pearl sequence the third sequence here is all about how you create prosperity so and not necessarily prosperity as in cash or money, but pros a prosperous life. How do you create that? So you have three sequences here, but the incarnation cross of your human design becomes the um, activation sequence of the genetic profile or hologenetic profile of your gene keys. Now, how many have I confused? If you're confused, please put that in the comments down below so I can clear that up for you. Now, I also want to tell you a little bit more about the difference between the Gene Keys um, activation sequence and the incarnation cross, because the hologenetic profile is looking at each one of those traits in a, a hologenetic way through dimensionality. And the dimensions are the shadow, the gift, and the Siddhi. So we're looking at the shadow being what blocks you from expressing the natural um, you, right? What's the, the natural expression of who you are, right? We're talking about beingness now. And then how to transform that shadow is also built in here in the gift, right? So we can look at it in that way. And then of course, if you keep going, then you move from the gift into the city, which is the highest expression, right? This would be mastery right? The masterful expression of the gate or the masterful expression of the gene key. They are synonymous words. So all in all, this whole genetic hologenetic profile represents a journey to unlock the real you, right? It's all encoded here. And it may look just like a jumble of numbers and a bunch of words on a page, but there's real meaning here in the journey of you, right? So this is where in the gene keys, contemplation becomes a big part of your experience. Contemplation because, yeah, I can read the gene key 12 and see that my life work has a lot to do with speech or talking or interacting, but it doesn't tell me much about, well, what blocks that from coming out? How, how is that, how am I meant to, to use that knowledge and awareness to evolve, um, to transform the shadow energy into the gift, and how am I here to transform the gift into the Siddhi? But that's all encoded here as well. Now, something else different in, in the gene keys that is not the same in, in human design is that the gene keys have pathways that join each of the gene keys. So you have the gene key 12 here at life's work. And this is the, the conscious line sun. This is the conscious line earth. And they form a pathway called challenge, right? So there's a challenge between life's work and evolution, right? What, what would evolution be if we didn't have challenge, right? We couldn't grow and evolve without some form of resistance that leads us to that whole idea of really becoming who we are, right? So we see that struggle, if you want to name it that, uh, 
the struggle to evolve, the challenge between how do I get from uh, the gate or the gene key 11 to the gene key 12, right? This is what's going to stop me or block me in some way from getting here. So my challenge is to work through the uh, through the conscious earth to get to the conscious sun, right? But that's not the end of it. We also have a pathway from the uh, conscious line earth over to the conscious line or unconscious sun, and it's called breakthrough. Right, so breakthrough. We break through, breaking down perhaps to break through, um, moving from the evolution that would be this particular gene key eleven, breaking through to radiance at the gene key twenty-five. So I would have to go through a process of living out uh, what I've learned from my life's work to the radiance breaking through that evolutionary. That's sort of a wall. If you look at, you know, if you want to make this a cross, right? This kind of forms uh, a wall that I would need to break through to get to the radiance, right? It's the challenge that we all have. You all have a hologenetic profile that looks very similar to this, right? Different numbers in the bubbles for sure, but it would look very similar to this. And then from the radiance or what is the unconscious or life purpose sun, to the life purpose earth or the un unconscious earth is the uh, core stability. Now, core stability, that is an interesting pathway because we're looking at getting back into the core of who we are and then being able to stay in that authenticity, right? So to get to that core stability, you really have to contemplate the two gene keys or two human design gates of the life purpose red column or what we would call the unconscious sun and earth so a lot a lot of information here now i also want to show you this i hope i left it open um i did leave it open so let me see if i can share it to you this way now because i want to show it to you on the website and this time it would be a tab There we go. Okay, so now I'm showing it to you on the website. Now on the website, when you go to genekeys.com uh, forward slash hologenetic profile, don't type, if you're looking at mine, it, it's just, you can do a, Bing, a search for hologenetic profile, or you can uh, just, you know, type in genekeys.com forward slash hologenetic profile. Uh, and you'll get to the page where you can actually request your own profile, right? So if you want to request your own profile, that's where you would go. Um, even here up at the top, it'll say pre free profile. Uh, I would say get your free profile. But when you get your profile, it's going to look the same as I showed you, right? But you have all of these other things over here on the side that are going to help you show the information that you want to show. For instance, like I turned off my birth data because there's no need to broadcast all of that. Um, you can turn on or off the gene keys. Um, if I turn them off, then you don't see the numbers. You just see the lines that there are. And I don't even know what the value of that would be. You can turn off the lines. So now all you would see in those bubbles is the, um, uh, the numbers of the gate, right? But again, you kind of need the whole picture. The pathways you can turn off, and these are the pathways that say challenge, breakthrough, core stability. You can turn on or off the spheres. You can also, and I turned them off just because it gets so much information, but you can turn on for each of those bubbles what the Siddhi gift and shadows are. So if we look at the gate 12, we can see the shadow of vanity, the gift of discrimination, and the highest expression or Siddhi of purity. So you can get all that information and you can toggle them on or off depending on how confused you want to be or how much you want to see. Then you also have this little dial thing down here at the bottom where right now I have it set to full profile. But if I just want to see the activation sequence, I can do that. If I just want to see the Venus sequence, I can do that. And if I want to see my pearl sequence, I can do that. And notice that all of the sequences have pathways, right? There's pathways on all of them. 
So back to my full profile. And you also get the, the first gene key, your son, uh, of the conscious line son or the, the soul purpose son as a, as a, uh, audio, right. That will play and, uh, talk about what that gene key is all about. And then of course you can purchase, uh, the audios separately as well. And then here you can download the profile in PDF format, which I've already done. And I want to show you why it is that you really want to get this, but I need to go back to my screen and stop sharing for a moment. Um, stop sharing's up there. And now I want to open this. I think I was already showing you this. Uh, here we go. So we're back to this. And I want to show you this because you get three pages of information. It's not just this profile picture with nothing else, right? If you scroll down, oh, it's not going to let me scroll. But if you scroll, um, oh, maybe it's not. There you go. You get a little blurb about each one of your gene keys here in the cycle, right? So my life's work, what I'm here to do, gene key 12, and then it reads that to you, or you can read it. Your evolution, what are you here to learn? And then your radiance is what keeps me healthy, and your purpose, what deeply fulfills me. And then on the third page, you have the profile. And the first page really is just kind of your breakdown really quickly of what your genius is, what love is for you, what prosperity is for you. So you get quite a bit of information for free about who you are. But what you also need to make this a journey that's worthwhile is your Gene Keys book, right? The Gene Keys book meant as a, <laughs> a contemplation. You don't really read this one cover to cover, it would probably blow your circuits, especially with Mars and Gemini right now, blow your circuits if you try to read that cover to cover, but certainly taking it and reading about who you are is a part of um, this experience of your incarnation cross of your gene keys, uh, hologenetic profile. All right, questions. I don't see any questions here. So either I've totally confused you, you don't even know what to ask, or I was so clear, you guys have no questions. So which is it? Which is it? Tell me, tell me. Um, now, the um, reason I'm bringing this up is because I really want to be able to go deeper with a group of people into your incarnation cross slash hologenetic profile. And it's not quite ready yet, but I will be announcing that probably by the end of this week um, as a four or maybe a five session journey. And I'm saying session because I don't think I want to do it weekly. It's too soon. I think we need to do it every other week, which would take us through the fall. And in that, we are going to explore together the incarnation cross slash hologenetic profiles. But also, you'll have access to some self-study information that you can also do all of a, a lot of work on your own moving through your hologenetic profile. Um, so thumbs up buttons. Thank you for that reminder, Pam. If you are uh, listening on YouTube, please hit the thumbs up button. And also, if you've not yet subscribed to my YouTube channel, just down below, you'll see that you can subscribe. And then next to the subscribe button is a little bell. And if you click on that and uh, seek to be notified, it's a notifications button, um, then you'll be notified when I have a new video up or when I'm coming on live. And also, if you're on Facebook, please hit the like button and share the video with your friends, right? Sharing is caring here. If you're watching today on LinkedIn, I don't know the particulars about it. Share it with your friends, share it with your colleagues and Thank you very much for doing that. And thank you for the reminder there. Uh, Ty Lynn, 21. If my birthday is December 14th, 1969, where would my moon sign be? Well, you would have to actually pull up your chart. So you could go to a website like astro.com 
or if you have astrological software on your computer, you could put in your birth name, birth time, birthplace, and um, birth date, and you can get your chart back and it will show you where the moon is because there's no easy way. The moon moves so quick, right? Um, that who knows, right? If we, we know that the sun is going to be in Sagittarius, but the moon could be in any one of the 12 signs and at any one of 29 degrees through those 12 signs. So you definitely have to look that up. Um, awesome, Tanya. I reject the line too marriage that is listed with my radiance 44.2 you might reject it because you don't understand what it means right it's not about marriage like taking a vow and marrying somebody there's something deeper there about that energy you know marriage um can also be uh, bringing things together right bringing things together so what are you bringing together that might be the the deeper expression of that line two in what in that line 44 which also you and i've had a conversation about right the 44 being uh part of the 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 sequence that begin that it that has a logical sort of uh feel to it it is there it represents patterns right patterns and the 44 recognizes patterns and then can predict the outcome based on the pattern and that means that sometimes it's predicting an outcome based on baggage, right? Old stuff. So having to let go of the old and make way for the new might be a part of the experience there as well. The other part for you is because it is connected in your chart to the 26, Tanya, uh, which is up on the, the ego heart will center, right? That is that that forms the channel of integrity. So we're talking about being true to yourself um integrity is there's you know karen teaches there's like five different types of integrity there's moral integrity which is you know sort of along the lines of um am i um a good role model if you will am i showing up in the world as a, a good person right a good uh, example of of living um, there is your own personal integrity which is the probably the most important integrity am i being true to me or am I, am I just reenacting old patterns, right? And by the way, old patterns are old because they're in the past. And the now is where we live. So that can inform you, like, you know, information that's there for me to remember, like a book, a history book, right? I can go to the history book and I can look up World War II. I can see what that was going on then. But I'm definitely not going to bring World War II into my now. Right. I, that, there's no point in that. I can learn the lessons of it from that perspective. And then taking on into the future, I don't want to inform my future based on the baggage of the past. So hopefully that is going to help you figure that one out. I did answer your email finally <laughs> yesterday or day before. I don't know when I did it, but look for the answer to uh, that question that you and I were working out. Uh, let's see. JLo, you can also get a yes, you you can get a free chart from me. That's right. Thank you, JLo. Uh, Thailand 21. You can go to my website, www.living-astrology.com, and you can request your free natal astrology chart and report, and also a free natal human design chart and report. So you have that as well. Hi, Julie Kiss. Kathleen Mallory, you are always saying to me that I need to leave the house and I see we are both six twos. I had an aha moment around that this morning. Indeed, I love that. Yeah, an aha moment because um, to, you can't be a, a role model in seclusion. Now, as a role model, people put demands on you right? People put demands on you. In my life, it might be my clients. It might be my family. It could be my spouse. It could be even me putting demands on me. And you want to be there to, to fulfill those things. When people need you, you want to be able to answer that call. But it also requires the more solitude time, right? The time of resting and restoring your energy so that when you are called back in to serve the world that you have the energy to do it 
too much of the giving, 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 and you start to get depleted. And if you have too much seclusion then or too much hermiting, then you don't have people to actually do what you're here to do, which is to serve in some kind of a role model, right? If you're always hiding and nobody sees you, they wouldn't know what wonderful information you have or what wonderful interactions could happen between you and them. So we have to, to give voice to both. So the profile lines really both come into play, right? For everybody. Sometimes they are at odds with each other and feel or feel like they are at odds with one another as we have to be able to give voice to both. So great question, uh, Kathleen. I'm, I'm not a question, but great observation. And uh, I love that. So questions, anybody? What do you guys think about the gene keys? Do they confuse you? Are you curious? Are you totally going, no, I don't want to know more? Tell me about that. In the meantime, I'm going to draw us a card for the week. Um, My mind is like racing this morning. I think we need a dragon. Okay. So we're going to have a dragon card and we're going to have an animal card. And let's see, we haven't done the dragons in a while. So let's see what dragon energy wants to come up for us for this week. You're welcome, Tylin. Uh, JLo says, I love it. Erica Dorsey says, curious hyphen. No, what is that? Uh, asterisk, confused because there's a lot of info and I'm still learning astrology, but definitely curious. I pulled us the alpha dragon. And this is interesting. Harnesses the divine masculine power of creation. Destroy the old, visualize your dream, help to manifest a new world. That's a beautiful dragon. And interesting because Mars in Gemini, very masculine energy and the masculine energy of creation. And it is just a bit later this week, I think it is, uh, la, la, la. on Friday, the 16th, we have Venus squaring Mars. That is a highly creative aspect to have. So there we have this. Let's see what this one means. I don't think I've ever pulled this card for myself or anybody else. So, Alpha Dragon, Alpha, where are you? Ooh, what? Are you a ninth dimensional dragon? You are a ninth dimensional dragon. Wow. So, the Alpha Dragon. These incredible galactic dragons carry Archangel Metatron's highest light. They helped to create the universe that we live in and continue to breathe the young energy of manifestation into our world. Because they have the power of physical manifestation, they work with our thoughts when we or the collective mind of humanity are ready to bring something into creation. These are enormous and powerful dragons. They only work for the highest good as they can build they can also destroy. They are entering our world now at the end of an old era and the start of the new to facilitate the destruction of that which no longer serves our planet and the construction of a new world at a much higher frequency. Alpha dragons are bringing you a very special message. You are being called to demonstrate creative forces in your current project or experience. So ask these magnificent beings to assist you and know that their masculine energy will empower and strengthen you as you visualize what you want to build. You can also ask these dragons to support you in constructing our new fifth dimensional world. As you hold the vision of the new golden age, they can take your pictures and breathe life into them. This is a card of raw power and creation. So ensure your intentions are pure. Ooh. Alpha dragon. It's a beautiful one, right? Okay, I think that's appropriate for what we were chatting about this morning. Now let's get an animal card. This one is by Colette Baron reed uh, the Spirit Animal Oracle. The other one was the Dragon Oracle Cards by Diane, Diana Cooper, in case you guys want to get your own decks to play with. And 
Let's see here. Awesome, Tanya. I'm the left angle cross uh, alpha two. <laughs> also, oh, this is the one. Oh, rabbit spirit. Now is a lucky time. Card number 49, which is a 13, which is a four, right? So building something from a foundation, rabbit spirit. I like good luck. So let's see here, 49. And it was upright. And that means a sunny meadow calls and rabbit spirit appears to lead you out of your dark warren and into the light so that you can participate in a fertile and beautiful experience. It may seem safe below ground, but the magic happens when you come out and take the risk of being vulnerable and co-creating something new. You are being invited into a new life that you have no experience with, but have no fear. Today is also a time to be fruitful and productive as you enjoy rabbit spirits, sunny and prolific energy. At this time, whatever you intend to bring to life will find fertile ground. There are no mistakes, really, when you are co-creating with spirit. So let new ideas spring to the surface, knowing that now is a lucky time of tremendous possibility. Gotta love that one. Rabbit spirit. All right. Well, one last thing on Friday. I do believe this Friday is the third Friday of the month, unbelievably. And it means we are doing our uh, human design, our astro design meetup. That is at 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. East Coast time, 6 p.m. ish. No, wait, that would be more like maybe 7 or 8 p.m. for those of you on universal time. And that is your opportunity to bring questions about your own personal human design, gene keys, astrology to the group where I get a, a chance to look at your personal chart and answer your questions. It's free, right? So why not? I'll post that link later today on the Living Astrology Facebook page. All right. Thanks, guys. Take care and have a great day. I'll see you on Friday. Bye.